I'm Kim Smith, and this is Understanding Dyslexia, where I break down dyslexia and related issues. In today's episode, we'll be talking about some of the struggles students with dyslexia face and how a positive mindset can help. Thank you for joining me. Today we're going to talk about a topic that is dear to my heart. It's one that I firmly believe in and have been able to see the positive results of firsthand. And that is positive mindset, or more specifically, growth mindset. So positive mindset is pretty much what it sounds like. It's the belief in focusing on the good in any situation. Growth mindset takes it a step further. Growth mindset is the belief that skills can improve with hard work. We're not just good or bad at something. We just need to work at it and not give up. It's a thought process that I found extremely helpful when I was working with students in the classroom. Often when a learning difference exists, there's a stark difference between what the student knows and what they're able to show on paper. It often takes them longer to learn the same material as their peers, which can have a negative impact on self-esteem and lead to depression, perfectionism, anger, acting out, withdrawing, avoiding, all kinds of behaviors. Some students may see their ability levels as just being what they are, that they can't change. Either you're good at something or you're not. So for some students, they start to wonder why they should even try. Whether they work really hard or do nothing at all, the result is the same. They get a failing grade. And let me tell you, it's a whole lot easier to do nothing. So some students may be perfectionists. They want to do the best they can possibly do, and they want to get it right but it doesn't always happen. These students tend to be very hard on themselves and believe it or not, perfectionism can often lead to procrastination. The anxiety about getting it right and doing well causes them to put the activity off and avoid it until they have no choice but to deal with it. In fact, I would argue that most instances of what we call laziness actually stem from some sort of anxiety. We may also see students acting out. For some, it's a matter of it being better to be seen as the bad kid than the dumb kid. For some students, acting out is a way to avoid the work or a class that's difficult for them. You know, let me get on-campus suspension or go to an alternative placement where I can get my work done without the other students seeing my struggle. During a recent conference I participated in, Dr. Sean Robinson shared how he would get into fights and flip desks in order to be removed from a classroom so that he didn't have to read. Kids don't act out to give us a hard time. They act out because they're having a hard time. I do want to point out that these behaviors can be related to a learning difference, but they can also occur in people who don't have any underlying disability. 
my goal is to have us look at this through the lens of dyslexia and how our students with dyslexia and related disorders may behave and what things they may struggle with. Regardless of the cause of the negative behaviors or thoughts, developing a growth mindset can help. So there are two types of thought processes involved here. There's a fixed mindset, which is where you believe that things are just the way they are and they are not likely to change. It's fixed, stationary, not changing. And then there's growth mindset, where you believe things can change and that skills are able to be improved upon and your situation is fluid. Growth mindset helps teach our children that we often have to stick with something and not give up in order to learn and get better at that skill. It's believing in the power of yet and learning to reframe your thoughts. For example, instead of saying, I can't do this, you say, I can't do this yet. Instead of, I'm just not good at this, you would say, I'm just not good at this yet. Just by adding that one little word, yet, you can change the statement from one of despair and helplessness to one of optimism and believing in yourself. Reframing your statements can also help. Our students often think, this is too hard. Reframing would look like, it may be difficult, but I can do it. It's just going to take me a little bit longer. A lot of times students see reading and writing as talents and that people are either just naturally good at it or not. The truth is they're skills. We come into the world primed for communication. That's why babies cry to be fed and to be changed and to get their needs met. Without language, we would find ways to get our needs met. We're kind of pre-wired, if you will, for that type of communication. We do not, however, come into this world primed to read and write. Those are man-made methods to record spoken words and then interpret them. It's a totally foreign skill, and it's one that we develop over time. Yes, it's true that some people have an easier time learning to read and write, but it's still a skill that they have to learn and build. Long ago, someone showed me how to do a talent survey with my students, and it became something that I would do every school year at the beginning of the year. I would start by asking them about talents. What is a talent? And what are some things that you would consider a talent? And they would generally come up with things like playing football or basketball, music, art, etc. So I would draw a vertical line on the board and write football at the top and ask them to tell me who is the most talented football player that they know. And they would give me the name of some famous NFL player like Peyton Manning or whomever. And I would write that name at the top of my line. I would explain to them that my line goes from this is not my thing and I don't really know how to do it to I'm the best out there and could give Peyton Manning a run for his money. Now, Mrs. Smith doesn't sports ball. So I would rate myself toward the very, very bottom of the rating scale and put my initials there. Then I would ask every student to rate themselves and put their initials on the line where they think they would rank. The only rule was is that we can't judge or comment on anyone's rating. So we talk about famous artists, musicians, scientists, authors, etc. And the students all rate themselves in each of those areas. Science and writing eventually lead us to talking about school subjects and reading because they're all skills that we have to build and learn. Students don't think about reading as a skill like that. 
especially our students who have a more difficult time learning to read. For them, it's something that you either can or can't do. Either you've got it or you don't. I never have them rate themselves on reading and writing, but we get to see that each of us has something we're good at and that all of us have weaknesses, even the teacher. We talk about how I shouldn't feel bad about myself because I don't play football well, and then we brainstorm ways I can get better at it if I wanted to. And they come to realize that reading is just a skill like all the other things, and that if they want to become better readers, they have to keep working at it and keep coming to our sessions and think of me as their reading coach. It also helps them realize the importance of practicing a skill outside your coaching session and that just because you're having a hard time reading now doesn't mean it will always be that way. And they start to see the value of yet. Positive self-image and learning how to keep working through those things are powerful skills to have. Our students need to learn that stick to because let's face it, school is hard. And reading and writing are hard for them. But if they can develop a positive growth mindset, they'll be able to work through the things that are hard. They'll be more apt to advocate for themselves. And those skills help them gain more independence as they grow. Thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoyed our time together. If you're interested in more information on growth mindset, I encourage you to check out Dr. Carol Dweck's books on mindset and success. I will put a link to those books in the description. Also, she has hosted some TED Talks on the topic, and I'll put that link in the description as well. Join me next time when I'll be talking about the differences between accommodations and modifications, as well as the difference between IDEA and 504.